What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Bola Marjanovic, and you listen to Step Back. Yeah, it's the Mavericks, all about action. Don't do no acting, no Samuel Jackson. Dirk the ball, you know that it's magic. Post move daily, yeah, it get tragic. Look with the ball, yeah, it get nasty. He'll drop 30, don't gotta ask him. Luka with the step back three. Oh, yeah! Boy, Chris Stabs, looking like Dirk and Nash in the gap. They just want to ring, want to fill the gap on your team head. I ain't talking heads, dang, go relax, still at a champ. Defense still coming with the Cavs flow, the Mavs the best on the floor. How's it going, I'm everybody? Welcome in to another episode of the Mavs Step Back Podcast. I'm your host, Dalton Trigg. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host in Dallas basketball on SI colleague, Matt Galatson. The Mavs, they have they have fallen to 1-3 in bubble play. Uh, the first two games were super, super disappointing because they had a real chance to win them at the end, and they just, you know, they just completely, uh, what's the word? They choked. I mean, that's that's really all you can say about that. And then, you know, they almost had a bad loss to the Kings, but they were able to pull, able to pull it out in overtime. And then they played the Clippers tonight, and, you know, that's a potential, uh, first round NBA playoff matchup and for three and a half quarters they looked pretty good you know it was it was a tie game with a little over six minutes to go and uh, they had a handful of opportunities to take the lead uh, but they just couldn't get over the hump and then once the Clippers hit a couple of shots from there it was just deflating for the rest of the team and they end up losing by 15 points when it's all said and done but I don't think the final score is I don't think that paints the total picture of just how competitive the Mavs were up to that point. And yeah, the Clippers were missing Patrick Beverly and Montrez Harrell, but you know the Mavs they were missing Seth Curry too, who would help. You know, it's not as much as what the Clippers were missing, but he definitely would help. Uh, but Matt, I mean, what what's your initial thoughts? Are you, I mean, are you with me on the final score? Shouldn't indicate just how competitive the game was up until the you know, the final minutes of that game? Yeah, I would say so. Um, it it was, uh, I mean, obviously it's a difficult game without um, even taking into account the um, the immense talent of Kawhi Leonard. That whole team is so good. Um, They're so good and so deep. It, it, but they were annoying. without, yeah, they were without uh, Montrez Harrell, who usually crushes the Mavs. So I feel like if he was playing in that game, it would have been like a thirty-point blowout. Um, but I mean, here's my thing, and you feel free to disagree with me if you want. Um, I don't, you know, whatever. But they're they're just not a great basketball team. They're good. They're good. They're okay. They have two really good players, but they didn't do a very good job of building around them this summer or last summer. And it's starting to show now because, you know, a couple of 
role players get injured and all of a sudden you're, you know, yeah. um, you're one and three in the bubble when you should probably be three and one and um, you just got beat by a shorthanded version of the team that you're probably going to play in the first round and, um, right. you know, it's tough. Yeah, and I mean, I I do agree with you there. Um, you know, the, the Mavs are a good team. They're a good team that has a great offense overall. Sometimes. Which, for, for some reason, just can't translate into the into clutch situations more times than not. I don't understand that. Uh, but I think that has a lot to do with youth, honestly. I mean, it probably does, and but like I said, they're a good team. They've got an excellent offense, the best in NBA history by the numbers. But you know their defense is lacking, and you said it. We were talking earlier tonight during the game, but I mean you said it best. You know they've got they've got KP and they've got Luca, who can get what. But both of those guys can get whatever they want when they want it. You know when they're focused and. Uh, you know, taking advantage of mismatches and stuff like that. But other than that, I mean, you're right. I mean, it's just it's a bunch of role players, good role players. I mean, you know, Some Dorian Finney-Smith. Dorian Finney-Smith. I know that he frustrates you, you know, a lot. But he, I mean, he attacks the boards relentlessly, especially the offensive boards, and gets them have second chances. You know, if he was shooting in the bubble from three, like what he was before this, you know, before the season was postponed, the Mavs would be doing a little bit better in bubble play. And that, and that's not just Dorian Finney Smith. That goes for all of the rest of the guys, you know, Maxi, he had a better game tonight than what he had been playing like in the, you know, the first three games. Uh, but you know, him, Finney Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., uh, even Seth, even though he didn't play in this one tonight, that they just haven't been shooting like so far through three games. Well, actually, it'd be two games with Seth because he didn't play the last game, did he? No, he no. didn't play against the Kings. So Seth, he's shooting like thirty-three percent from three in bubble play. Like that's just not that's not going to cut it. Small sample size. I'm sure he'll eventually find his groove, but you know that that's just not going to cut it. And when you have two guys like Luca and KP that can do all these amazing things that we've seen individually from them in four games now, uh, I mean, as amazing as it is, if they don't get a little bit of help from those other guys, they're not going to go very far in the playoffs. And I think that that was the biggest takeaway from tonight. Uh, like I said, I the one positive I took from it was they competed, and like you said, if they have Montrez Harrell, who usually kills the Mavs, maybe that's not the case, but they competed. I still don't think Montrez Harrell can do anything with KP, even if he was playing, but they competed with the Clippers for three and a half quarters, and then once the the lid was on the basket when they had a chance to take the lead late in the fourth, and then once they missed both of those opportunities and the Clippers hit a couple shots, it was just... It was just like waving the white the white flag, you know. So anyway, I, yeah. Overall, I'm not I don't... sure that. Sorry, but I, I'm not sure that. I mean, you said um, you don't think that Montrez could do anything with KP. I don't think KP can do anything with Montrez either. 
I think he would push him around and dominate him. So it's, I don't know. it's kind of a give and take. I don't know. I I think he has enough enough length to where he could bother him. But I mean, I I know Montrez Harrell is a is a really good player. I'm not going to take anything away from him. I just I think if KP plays to the best of his abilities, that it it shouldn't even be a question. But I mean, we'll Harrell is a good soon. player, and he and he gives the Mavs fit. So you know, like you were just about to say, we're we're going to find out pretty soon. It looks like. Yeah, it's uh. It's definitely not ideal. They they had a real chance to be in a good position and and move up, and now they're you know all but locked into their spot. I would think um, some tough yeah. games coming up, and um, they've already lost to the Suns once. It's starting to look like the the Jazz might be the easiest game on the schedule left, which <laughs> is not ideal. So yeah, the. The Mavs' chances of moving up in the standings hinged on them getting off to a fast start in Orlando, and obviously that didn't happen. So it was very early, even after those first two games, it was apparent that they were more than likely going to stay in the uh, the seventh seed. And now, after going one and three through half of their seeding schedule, I mean that is pretty much locked into the seventh seed, but. You know, the the Nuggets are only one game behind the Clippers currently. Uh, it, that might be one and a half, depending on how the rest of this Blazers-Nuggets game goes. <laughs> right now, the Blazers are up by 12 uh, with three minutes left in the third. But um, they you definitely want the Nuggets to end up getting the two seed if you're Dallas because... Like we've talked about, the Clippers, they're a nightmare matchup. Uh, they're so deep. I mean, the Mavs, they, they've shown that they can, they showed tonight that they can compete with that team, but they weren't at full strength. And when it when it comes to the playoffs and you have three-time champion Kawhi Leonard, you know, who <laughs> willed Toronto to a championship, and uh, you know, one two with the Spurs, and he's just he's just amazing when it when it gets to the postseason. So you definitely would rather play the Nuggets, uh, in my opinion. They've played very well against the Nuggets this year, uh, two and one against them so far, and they they really should be three and zero because that was the game I I misspoke on the last pod and had to cut it out because I thought it was. I thought it was a different game than what it was, but there was a game earlier in the season where the Mavs played the Nuggets and they had a chance to win at the end. And uh, Dorian Finney-Smith, he got the ball for, he was like on the baseline, he was about to shoot a three. Pump faked, drove inside, tried to kick the ball back out to Luka. I don't think there was enough time anyway, but anyway, he threw the ball away, long story short. And... Uh, the Mavs ended up losing that game, but overall they're two and one against the Nuggets. That's the much better matchup, uh, and we'll see how it goes. the The Nuggets and Clippers still have to play each other, so that'll probably end up deciding it. But what do you think about the Nuggets as a potential playoff matchup for the Mavs? I mean, they're still really good. I don't think the Mavericks are making it out of the first round, no matter who they play at this point. I just I think they're too shorthanded. 
Um, I mean, the odds... They have, a, they have a better chance against the Nuggets, but... Yeah, the odds are, are going to be stacked against them no matter who they play, but I think <laughs> I think the chances go up significantly if you play the Nuggets versus, you know, playing the Clippers, in my opinion, so... Well, yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, they have a better chance for sure against the Nuggets, but I still don't think they'd beat them in a seven-game series. Um, and... And then you and have that's to take. That's not even you know. That's that's without even the Nuggets having the advantage of the high altitude of Denver. <laughs> yeah. So, well, that um, that and I don't think the Mavs have faced the Nuggets with this version of Michael Porter Jr. and Bol Bol. So <laughs> that's something else you have to take into consideration. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But Michael Porter Jr. looks pretty good so far. But um, on on the flip the side, on the flip side, Matt, Boban, you know, Jokic, he can't do anything with Boban. So, <laughs> so I am terrified. So naturally, to see. Rick will play in five minutes in that series <laughs> if it happens. I I am terrified to see Boban even attempt to guard skinny Jokic. <laughs> That's. Uh. <laughs> Well, look. The last time it happened, it turned out pretty pretty good for the Mavs. So that was uh, fat Jokic. That wasn't skinny Jokic. Well, I mean, come on. He he's still the same player. Yeah. Uh, no. I, okay. Whatever. I think they got overblown. But anyway. So a few more points I think if, here. Well, We're, hold huh? on. I want to say something real quick. Go ahead. I I think I think that this all boils down to one thing, really. And that I think we put too much or too high expectations on this team going into the bubble. And part of that was because we were so excited about basketball being back and they were playing well towards, you know, the end of the season when, um, you know, before things got delayed. And um, look, you can just go ahead and say it. You can just go ahead and say it, Matt. It's all my fault. No, I I had them going five and three (laughs) in the bubble. I I was with people. we we all thought they were going to do a lot better than they were probably capable of doing from the beginning. They had these these glaring issues that were there all season, like the stuff in the clutch, and um, you know Luca and KP having to carry too much of the burden, and um, you know now that teams are playing at playoff level intensity in these games, trying to you know secure their seating, it's really difficult to expect them to do any more than they're capable of doing which what they're capable of doing is probably what they're doing right now based on the facts yeah so well i mean and another thing my reasoning my reasoning for all of my optimism for the Mavs heading into the bubble was you know they were 13 games over 500 and that was with luca being banged up uh, both him and kp had missed double digit games throughout the season close to 15 each, I believe. So with a fresh Luka and KP, I thought, well, you know, they're going to be almost unbeatable. And the first half against the Rockets, when it first started, I was thinking, okay, yeah. (laughs) I think I was on to something here. But the role players just haven't been able to keep up. Uh, That was the one thing I did overlook. You know, Luka and KP, they they look great. You know, they're fresh. Luka can't hit threes, but... Other than that, he's been great. Uh, KP, he's been dominant. 
But the rest of the role players, it's just like that four-month hiatus just kind of cooled them off. And that's something I didn't take into consideration. It, it took all of those guys out of their rhythm. And so now, even though Luka and KP are doing their thing, they're just having to shoulder all of the burden, and it's not working out well for them. But, and just to give you a few numbers tonight, I'm sure a lot of you have kept up with it anyway, but, you know, KP, he led the Mavs with 30 points. He had uh, nine rebounds, five assists, which is nice to see. Uh, he hit all nine of his free throws, which is a, a welcome sign from any Maverick <laughs> when they hit all their free throws, three of seven from three. So, so uh, frustrating. It, it really is. I mean, it's that's, that's going to be the most – they're going to have a couple of games in the playoffs where they could have won, but they don't because they – don't hit their free throws, and it's going to be very frustrating. But anyway, they've already had a couple of games like that in the bubble. Oh, I know it's gonna it's gonna hurt even worse in the playoffs though, and I'm I'm not ready for it. <laughs> yep. But Luca, he was right behind KP. He had 29 points, uh, only six assists, only three rebounds after coming off a a 20 rebound performance against the against the Kings. But you know that's what happens yeah. when you play the because he was huge Clippers. He was, he was probably like, hey, I don't want to have to get 20 freaking rebounds every night for us to be good at rebounding. I want to be able to you know, move a little bit and not have to do every GD thing in this in this game. I mean, you could tell how frustrated he was at the end of the Kings he, game. He, he was has, just like, no, you make a fucking yeah. shot. No, you make a shot. You, I'm tired of making all the shots. I'm tired of getting all the rebounds. I'm tired of getting all the assists. Somebody else help me. And since KP wasn't in the game, it made it even more difficult. Anyway, we're not going to go back to the Kings game. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I've definitely seen that a few times from Luca during bubble play. He he does seem like he uh, he's gotten a little bit frustrated, and I you know he won't come out and just say it like how you just said it, but he you know he has to be thinking it at times, and yeah. that's why this you know these next two off seasons it's going to be really important for the Mavs. They if they want to get better, they're already a good team, and you know they're in the playoffs here. But you have to you have to take into consideration the Warriors coming back next year. Uh, who knows if they're going to look like anything? Who knows if they're going to look like the same Warriors that they were before all those injuries? But let's just assume that they are. You know that's going to make it even harder for the Mavs to make the playoffs in the West, which I think they will. But if you want to move up in the rankings and establish yourself as an actual contender, they're going to have to get better. They're going to have to make some roster moves. And I know the front office probably has their eyes set on trying to make a run at Giannis in 2021, but cap space is a myth. We've talked about this. We won't go down that rabbit hole. But if Giannis wants to come to the Mavs in 2021 – even if the Mavs don't have open cap space at the moment, they can make the cap space. Like they, they can make it to where it works. You just have to get a yes from the player first. So, with that in mind, they've got to go for it this off season. You know, whether it's trading at the draft or, uh, you know, actually using the draft picks wisely and then going into free agency and doing something. Whatever it is. They've got to be on their – the front office I'm talking about, they've got to be on their game this summer because they dropped the ball last summer. I know we had high hopes for – well, I did. I had higher hopes for DeLon Wright, but, I mean, that just that just hasn't worked out. 
And I, I, yeah, th- I was right again. It's weird. And our, our, our guy, Kirk, I saw him talking about it on Twitter earlier tonight. It's so weird because he's, he's so athletic and he has the ability, like he's shown that he can shoot the ball, but it's almost like a mental thing with him. He just, he's so hesitant. Like there was a moment tonight where he had a wide open layup and he just overthought it. <laughs> he overthought it. He had like, five feet of space between him and the nearest defender. And he decided to just go dribble under the basket and do like a wraparound pass or something that didn't work. So it's stuff like that that frustrates you with with the line right a little bit. And like I said, I I would be shocked if he's still on the team heading into to next season. Because not only has... has he been a little bit of a disappointment. Uh, you know, you had that whole thing during the middle of the season where his brother was complaining on Twitter about him not getting uh, enough playing time and stuff like that. And I, I just don't think I don't think that's going to last much longer. But anyway. it's hard for somebody to be a disappointment when you, when you like for me, it's hard for him to be a disappointment because I didn't have any expectations for him. Right. Because I I thought it was a bad move. Yeah. And then you had all these people coming out of the woodwork like, oh, no, he's so good defensively, and he's this, and he's that, and he can do all these different things, blah, 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 blah. It's like, where is it then? Well, the thing is, and I, I do think he is he's good defensively, but the thing is, you can't you can't have a guy like him. You know, you know that's, why, that's why MKG isn't even in existence right now <laughs> for Rick Carlisle because, yeah, he might be a pretty good – uh, perimeter defender, he might uh, individual defender, but he is just non-existent on offense, and that has no place in on a Rick Carlisle team. You know, I mean, he he's got to he's got to give you something on offense. Maxi is a great defender. He is so good on defense and blocking people's shots, contesting shots. But if he couldn't shoot a three, if he hadn't developed a three like he has the last couple of years, he wouldn't be playing right now. And, it, you know, you don't see Maxi hesitating, and he's gotten good at it. And, I mean, DeLon, he's not a terrible shooter, at least from what I've seen this season. He just, I don't know. I don't know. He's just, like, tonight, he only played 17 minutes. He hit one of his two shots, hit his only three, had four points, four assists, and was a plus seven in those 17 minutes. Like, that's not bad, but the reason he's not getting more run is just because he he's not maximizing <laughs> those minutes. Like he could have done so much more than that, in my opinion, than what he did. I don't know. Maybe I'm just being selfish, but that's no, how I feel about it. You know, it. for for me, uh, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but like this is what drives me nuts. And I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about other people who have been very vocal about this. Just because the Mavs signed a guy doesn't mean it was a good signing and doesn't mean he's a good player and doesn't mean it's going to work out. Anytime like somebody complains about a signing or a player, there are certain people on Twitter and they know who they are who will just go out of their way to to be, you know, to be a dick and be negative because we're complaining about a player that's not good. Yeah. And some of them are pretty high profile and they're really annoying and guess what? You were wrong, I was right. Kirk was right. I'm not. Ta- I'm not saying you, Dalton, were wrong. I'm saying these people were wrong. Well, look, and, I, you know, I wasn't DeLon predicting. Wright and, I wasn't predicting and, big things for Delon Wright. I just, you know, 
I, I wanted I him said, to be a competent role player. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, instead of, you know, putting more money into the Danny Green chase, they were like, oh, well, we can just trade for DeLon Wright. We can do all this other little stuff that'll, you know, make us seem like wizards to all these idiots that think that, you know, we're making all these really smart, savvy moves when they're not. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, it, it bothers me. It was frustrating. And then, you know... Even before, even before the whole Danny Green waiting period, and then they they went and traded for Delon. Even before all that happened, you had two things. You had the the mishap with the Miami Heat, which we won't get too deep into because I know how I'm deep already we, mad, Dalton. I know how pissed you are, so I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to like push you over the edge, but. You know that was that was something before any of that ever happened. You know the the failed trade with the Heat. That in hindsight, you know it was reported that uh, the first report that came out was Drogic was going to Dallas, and we were all just like woo, and you were excited, and you know <laughs> you're probably throwing things in your house, and then and then like immediately after that, it's like no, the trade's off. The Mavs didn't really want Drogic; they wanted Kelly Olynyk and Derek Jones Jr. And I'm thinking. Can you just imagine if the Mavs had had just pulled it? Like, Miami was willing to give up Drogic for basically nothing. You'd be 3-1 so, and one right now. Yeah, I mean... Bubble. You'd be 3-1. and one. And you'd probably be a 3 or 4 seed. He would have made a huge, huge difference this season. And, I mean, the, the Mavs, they have a chance that they could, you know, make that happen this off season, but for this particular season, it would have made a huge difference. And then before that, you know, when the night of uh, when free agency opened, it, it came out that you know the Mavs front office they were at dinner with KP because he had signed his five year max and everything as soon as free agency opened. So it gave the illusion that the front office, you know wasn't <laughs> wasn't having meetings with other potential guys because we knew KP was signing. You could have dinner with him any night. Uh, but you know, they could have they could have been trying to get, you know, Boyan Bogdanovich, which in hindsight, you know, he got injured. The Jazz don't have him for their playoff run. And he's making twenty. But does he get injured in Dallas? That's what I'm saying. You can't you can't say the same thing. So it still would have been a good signing though. That dude is amazing. He would have been a great uh, third man after Luca and KP. Uh, he seems to have the clutch gene. I don't know if you've watched many Jazz highlights this year, but he's won a couple of games for the Jazz at the buzzer. He's been big down the stretch for them in games. Uh, who else? Who else were you know Danny Green? It, it came out that they offered him twelve million a year when they were trying to get him to <laughs> commit to them over the Lakers, and even the Lakers gave him fifteen million a year. So I I don't know, Matt. It it's it was a mess. All I know is they have got to do better this summer or off season. <laughs> We'd normally say summer, but this whole NBA schedule has been. Yeah, thrown off track, but they they have to do better. They just have to if they're gonna have any chance of you know moving up the Western Conference ladder and establishing themselves as a true uh, contender. So, and you saw and circling back around to the game tonight, 
you see the difference in what a contending team is and what a team that is a fake contender looks like. The Mavericks are at this point. It's not. It's not disrespectful. It's just true because they don't have the. They're they're outgunned right now. They're a fake contender. Yeah. The Clippers are a real contender, and you can see that, and that's why we just went on that whole tangent about making the team better, even though some people think they're fine. They're not fine. They need to become the Clippers, and right. they have two of the pieces to become the Clippers. Well, they just need to fill in the rest of them. Yeah, and I mean, look, it's it's definitely not – we're not being disrespectful at all. It's just, yes, the Mavs – their roster is fine as far as, you know, when everybody's clicking, they look unbeatable. But that's the thing. You don't have really consistent guys that can keep it going uh, late in the fourth quarter against teams like the Clippers. That's, that's the main issue. And I'm one of the more optimistic – Mavs people around probably the most optimistic but even I can you know see that I that's why I wasn't you know mad about the result of the game tonight I I kind of figured it would go that way and uh I mean I just I just wanted to see them compete and Luca did his thing KP he had his way the way you know exactly how I thought he would he's been on a tear ever since you know mid February since after the all-star break so uh that's that's the thing that's the biggest thing to me like you said we probably put too much uh expectations on this team when the season got suspended and they were sitting there at 40 and 27 uh despite Luke and KP missing a lot of games so naturally we just uh, we wanted to be more excited about what could potentially happen in the bubble here but yeah, I, I, I don't know. That's the biggest thing. I'm happy that Luka is an all-NBA talent, uh, MVP, MVP candidate. You know, KP, after signing that uh, five-year max deal, he looks like he is every bit worth it after coming off of that ACL injury, which is amazing. You know, that was a big question going into the into the season. And the Mavs, that's one thing they did get right. They didn't even think about it. They gave KP his money and he looks like an absolute stud so that's the two positives they've got a lot of really good you know end of the bench role players uh, going into the next few seasons on long-term contracts now they just need to get a few more uh, consistent higher quality starters and I think they will catapult into contender status next season so that's all I got, I Matt. Agree. That's all I got. You have anything else? Nope. I'm uh I think I got out all of my um <laughs> my anger uh earlier in the podcast a few minutes ago. So uh I'm just gonna go uh shut it down for the rest of the night, play some Warzone and that's it. Understand. And look guys, we appreciate all the support you give us. We're going to try to do more of these recap pods going forward. Uh, the Mavs, they play the Milwaukee Bucks next, who have also struggled in the bubble, surprisingly. I can't believe they lost to Brooklyn the other night. But uh, that game will be on ESPN uh, Saturday night. And then they'll play the Utah Jazz and then finish out against the Portland Trailblazers and the Suns again. And then next thing you know, 
we'll be in the playoffs. And we have a very special Mavs guest coming on the pod right before the playoffs begin. So, guys, we appreciate it. Hope you all have a great weekend. We'll see you next time. Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Crossover doing step backs in a pair of J's These days I'm by my chips like a bag of lace. I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame? Do anything for a dollar I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot of Looked up the dirt and MJ instead of blue collar Excited at the idea of being a true baller Riding in the bands, a copper and pilot. Feeling like I made it, now they trying to holler. This how we thinking life's supposed to be. Media keeping all my friends close to me. Feeding me all the lies and propaganda in my eyes. I've been here forever, they thinking that I just arrived. Now step back and go on more of a letter. I treat this rap game like it's target practice. No lie. And I ain't even got an aim in my seeing headshots just for saying my name. Now I'm 18, they say I'm acting different Labels call my phone, but I'm lacking interest Ain't talk to my friends in a while Ain't smile like this in a while I'm out Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Crossover doing step backs in a pair of J's These days I'm about my chips like a bag of lace. I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame do anything for a dollar I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot Remember when we used to wish to be grown Until we got out on our own, for real Not a ball in my cart If I don't shoot my shot, the people sending me home Took a step back, so I've been reminiscing Paris told the truth, wishing that we listened But life is the best teacher All this jibber-jabber, homie, I'ma keep it authentic all these people criticized and now one of them did it All our parents had dreams and now one of them lived it Soon as you look up, man, time to pass you by I'm just 19, in a minute I'll be 50 Learn from the past and apply to the present We all got a gift and I treat mine like a present Oh my God, I swear I'm preaching like a reverend To the day I die, they never give me my credit Take a step back, reminiscing about the old days When I hooped outside with my friends and drunk that OJ Crossover doing step backs in a pair of J's These days I'm about my chips like a bag of legs I ain't lying when I tell you people ain't the same How you real when you say your soul for the fame Do anything for a dollar I'ma stay patient cause I know God promised me a lot of